Hi, everybody. Look <laughs> at the picture. I did. Oh, did you send we're her? We're sharing the... pictures now while we're potting. Yeah. Cat had surgery today, and he Pick, looks like a demon. Picking creature. and potting. Yeah. He does look like a demon creature. Yeah. Anyway, good we, luck tonight. We're doing a host pick tonight for March. For those of you who've not heard host pick before, every month one of the hosts here picks something for the others to watch, and it can be a regular movie, it could be a documentary, it could be a series of clips or a short video or anything they want that's under uh, regular movie length, a two hour or less kind of thing, and available on one of the many streaming services that we all have or otherwise free online. It was my turn this month. I'm usually I usually get kind of cute and pick something different that's not uh, traditional or uh, something anthology. But uh, I yeah, went with really a straight cute. up, you know, like a, a, a cheeky pick, a pick that's not uh, not not quite the princess wedding or whatever the Oprah interview with the princess or not not quite that ridiculous. But uh, you know, or so, Great British Bake Off or Great British. Yeah, okay. I guess I'm not the only one who does this. In fact, my picture still, but yeah. I'm feeling slightly attacked. Help. Mm. Well, I picked a regular old movie this time. I, I didn't have one like locked and loaded, but I had like, I have like my own personal list of like five or six movies that I would like to get to on the show because I think they'd be interesting to talk about. This was one of them that was available right now, and it's called Love and Monsters. Love and Monsters is a 2020 film, and it was it's on Hulu. Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's got not too many people you would recognize in it. People from like TV and like some other like people from like that Maze Runner show or movies. I don't know. We got Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, Michael Rooker. People know him. Dan Ewing, Ariana Greenblatt, Ellen Holman, Trey Hale, and Pacharo Mzembe. Uh So mm. you know, got just freaking random people. Uh, it is a apocalypse movie. It is like an end of the world kind of movie. Um, only has a $30 million budget, despite having quite a lot of effects. It actually got an Academy Award nomination for uh, special effects. So uh, oh, even though for it. even though absolutely no one saw it, made $1.1 million at the box office, probably because it came out October 2020. <laughs> No one was really seeing movies uh, in theaters very much then. It came out on VOD and did okay, uh, but not a lot of fanfare for what is a critically pretty solid movie. 94 on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 IMDb, oh. uh, pretty high user scores across the board, usually in the 3, 5 to 4 out of 5 range kind of stuff. Uh, Letterboxd, it's a 3.4. Maybe I'll start giving the Letterboxd out because I do I do like Letterboxd. It's a good, good movie community. It's uh, enough intro. What did you guys know about Love Monsters? Anything? A single thing? Not a thing? Probably not anything. I was uh, thinking it was another installment of Love and Robots. Oh my god! Two. Oh uh, like no. <laughs> no, they haven't. Co- they haven't come out with a third season yet. So I uh, not yet. Okay, but well maybe, you had maybe to th- go with Love and something. I thought it was called so. Peace, Love, and Robots. Why do I think Love, that was de- Love, Death, and Robots? Oh, <laughs> oh Ops, Love, Death, Ops, not Peace. <laughs> I mean, it is actually the ultimate piece. I thought it was the same thing. Uh, I thought it was in, like another. <laughs> offset of that i'm like oh, Jesus, oh that's why when we started it you were like oh it's live people i'm like yeah it's live people I, like because you, you, i guess that's why you thought it was going to be more well i think no, that it's... plus the I mean... first scene is all at drawings i thought it was going to be like a animated thing yeah yeah they did like a sketchbook yeah, I wasn't style kind sure. of thing yeah 
Yeah, I wasn't sure when I knew it wasn't Love, Death and Robots when I put it on. But no, so I don't know anything about this. I didn't know anything going into it. So um, and, you know, my penchant for apocalyptical movies. So yeah, you love really them. Your favorite. Freaking out. Seven yeah. years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity, have been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over the radio with his high school girlfriend, Amy, who is now 80 miles away at a coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again. As Joel realizes that there's nothing left for him underground, he decides to venture out to Amy despite all the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. So... You learn all that in the first 15 minutes, so not really any spoilers there. Uh, If you haven't seen it, like I said, it's on Hulu, Solid Reviews, nominated, but no one watched it, so this is your chance to go and see it if that, if (laughs) the apocalypse, Uh, it's it's like apocalyptic comedy, it's light, it's not a, it's not an I Am Legend, or like disaster porn, like a Roland Emmerich movie, it's a, it's more uh, tongue-in-cheek than that. So more more zombie land, uh, yeah. world's end kind of humor. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about it now. And uh, I'll, do you guys, I'll, I'll just start with a few general feelings. Do you, did you like this? Did you enjoy this? Um, I couldn't tell what Nicole's reaction was. She guessed some things. Because she always guesses things when we're watching, but uh, not a big, oh. not a big reactions one way or the other. A couple of laughs, but uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't gauge her. But I want to know Mama K first. Oh. What did you think of this overall? Oh, but you're gonna go to me first. Okay, I'm just gotcha. pri- priming the pump. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I like this movie. Oh, it was nice! It was charming. Um, I think that's how I like my apocalypses. <laughs> is you know. Uh, I figure wiping off 95% of humanity seems uh, aggressive, but is it? <laughs> I mean, well, um, so uh, I don't like their, ch- I do like the choice that there was only a couple of types of bugs that, I mean, that's what they are. They're all bugs or amphibian kind of cold blooded creatures. Lesser creatures. So like, yeah, yeah lizards, these are not going to be your fish. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. No bears, no, you know, no, no giant creatures of, you know, whatever. Um, although I did have concern. I mean, there is a dog that plays a, a seminal part and I was worried that the dog was going to become a weirdo at some point, but that didn't happen. Um, your dad kept rooting for the dog to get killed. And I said, this is PG-13. What the fuck? <laughs> So, it's like everyone's rule in movies the is don't kill the dog and he's like yeah kill the <laughs> feed the dog to the frog monster <laughs> well i'm pretty sure he was just trying to like you know poke me from across the room so yeah because that would be the worst i would have to turn it off if they killed the dog so um yeah. so yeah i found i found it it's not like in your face funny it's like a um like any of the other like zombie land i think or anything like that and it's also not super gruesome so i can sort of get behind all that uh i like the fact that we come into it seven years later there's a couple flashbacks to what happens you know when uh the asteroid gets bombed and that's what sets everything off um but i kind of like because i'm a i'm a huge uh thought person that nature wins all the time and so when you're seven years later after this and you see what nature's done to 
you know, regular life things, school buses, houses, yeah, uh, all that kind of stuff that lives on, on top of the ground. They live, everyone lives underground and it's, it's, I don't know if this is meant to be, but it feels so, uh, and I feel like we say this about a lot of things now that, you know, with the COVID situation, now that we're coming out of it, maybe, um, that this is kind of, this is a super hopeful movie. You know, I think it's, I think it's really hopeful and, um, yeah. So I'm going to start off with, I like it. There's particular things I liked about it. So all right, all right. to Nicole. a positive start, Nicole. Um, well, first I have to apologize for my voice today. Um, it's a little gross, so maybe this is as far as people will get into listening to this. So, um, <laughs> some people like that. Yeah, some people do like that. Some sort of cold. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this uh, scenery was kind of giving me like if we were on the other side of the world during annihilation time, like we were on the other side of the the upside down where it hasn't quite well, i don't know what the fuck it's called um shimmer the shimmer where it hasn't <laughs> quite gotten as overgrown yet with the specimens but they're starting to form and it, it kind of hit the animals more so than the plants like um it looked like you know something those things could have been in like an annihilation type of situation um but I mean, I think me and Mama K are on the same page as this of like how many fucking different ways can we think of <laughs> killing the off the entire earth? Um, <laughs> why is there so many and the different that are ways? Left, <laughs> I like that the people that are left this time are not necessarily or or the ones that are trying to solve the problem or live with this situation are not like right. They're not either. Some of them are just you know, chilling. This is it. They're just chilling. They're not NASA scientists. They're not, you know. Yeah, there's no scientists anything like or that. military. They're making their own. Paramilitary. Making no their military. Own, like, weapons. Yeah. No, these are very normal, yeah. run-of-the-mill people left. I mean, from, as we from, see, there's a whole much, colony of old old folks that are still around. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. But the movie itself... Um, like like the the way it was put together and and the plot that we're following um was different uh i actually did like this movie a lot i enjoyed watching it um sometimes the subject matter is not what i want to watch but i feel like they did it in a way that didn't make me feel so um oh my god not this again i mean we have a lot of the same exact pieces of other films, we find a couple survival survivalists, and we find a companion um, along the way in in the dog, and we have to remember certain things that were told to us along the way so that we don't die. Right. And right, like it's this is just like I don't want to watch this movie ever again in any context. I don't want it to be in space. I don't want it to be in the desert. I don't want it to be in another. <laughs> annihilation i don't want it in the freaking tundra i don't care it's just the same thing over and over again but putting that aside i like this movie more than other types of this movie other apocalypse movies maybe, yes maybe you like the apocalypse in australia or new zealand or wherever <laughs> yeah. it is because it's this very is a, lush i mean yeah this looks like it's definitely not filmed in california area which is what they said 
that it at least part of it's taking place because he's from Fairfield, California, and I don't think they ever right cross any oceans. So this is uh, at least in the United States, maybe Canada, I guess. I mean, the one um, they within a hundred mile radius, they went to the beach and a snowy mountain and just <laughs> normal houses. Well, that could be California. That actually sounds like California. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. did you see the mountain at the end of that? Like, they looked like they were in Mount Everest. <laughs> Mount yeah. Everest like breaks the clouds. Like they weren't that high up. <laughs> they looked like they were on like a very large uh, rocky hill, or like the Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they kind of gave me the Alps. Alps vibes. No, yeah. but, the yeah. Alps and Mount Everest did not come up when I saw that. I was thinking like, oh, like you know, a pretty high like I mean, a, yeah, a we, rocky we were just in Los Angeles pie. recently, and I, I do recall seeing snow capped. Mountain. Yeah, there was there were some remember in the distance, and you know they, they this spans. Yes. It's an eighty-five mile journey, but they also split off at one point and go another way. So they are going. They're, right. they're covering a good amount of space here. Yeah, they're going north into the mountains, and so right. That and could, he's going what west, you saw so. could easily be Northern California. That's probably I mean, what Northern it is. California has a lot of disparate kind of stuff. So there you go. Completely there we go. Completely plausible geographic no geographic. Uh, uh, world they built here um yeah I, thanks for coming to our ted talk i have a lot of the same adjectives that okay used. it's really like mm-hmm. sweet and nice and me and not mean-spirited at all like a lot of, and like not bleak it is so right. like it is so good-natured and good-hearted from our protagonist to I mean, everyone but our couple of villains who we don't get till later. I mean, we're in spoilers, but like we don't get any real villains till the third act, and they're just there because you know we have to remember a few more little tricks. Which are this is another thing I love the the script in this. It's super classic. It's super, and it's the stuff that Nicole called out. Probably I would say about half of them that showed up, where it's like. Uh, the, like the, the uh, when he's with Michael Rooker and the little girl at one point, a lot of the stuff comes up in there. Like these are the roots you don't need, and here's like stuff. Yeah. Uh, here's like the creatures and that uh, like and what they can do, and uh, the, all that stuff comes back in little scenes later to help them make decisions. But it's not. It doesn't feel like yeah. exposition when it's happening because it's natural to like the story because you like these right. two people are teaching you how to survive. It's done in like a half montage mode, which you know me I like the montages. And then, uh, like all this, like every, every all this stuff is told like that. All the like little remember this things are very organic to what actually happens in the story. It doesn't feel um, like we're just sitting in places explaining things. It actually feels like we're moving along. Uh, our protagonist yeah. is I I, I want to know what you guys think of him next. I love this dude. I think he's so great. I think he's such such a it's this is such a they don't make them like this anymore in my head like i'm like this could be if the the technology weren't as good as it is this could be like an 80s movie it's so yeah optimistic and we're watching it and straightforward but like tight et is what 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 was what we were talking about like when this was playing because it feels it feels like that it feels um but it's not i mean et has some tense moments not that this doesn't have a couple of tense moments but it this felt so much more um i don't want to say fluffy but comfortable you know um, it doesn't ever feel like silly or cloying or like irritating not at all it's it's just sweet and it should be right yeah it's never saccharine it's just sweet it's just nice it's the perfect amount it's just the perfect i agree with the 
I agree with the main character. I don't, I don't know him from anywhere. Um, I, you know, I've seen that he's an actor that's, you know, got some, on some acting TV show and I don't know. A lot of people yeah. on this are from TV shows that I've never seen. What, the one, the villain at the end is from a soap opera. So like, you know, they're, they're from all kinds of places. <laughs> well, and then we have, you know, MCU crossovers. I was like, oh my God, it's baby Gamora and Yondu. This, who are your, who are the better people to, you know, shepherd you through this little journey? Uh, then, Nicole recognized you know. her from a different movie we watched, The Little Girl, and that, that oh. I did not recognize her from, but it's from a movie that I like and you guys don't really like. You yeah, she was from that movie, Awake, where um, uh, Jane the Virgin can't go to sleep, and that's her daughter. Oh. Pinecone Grenade. Pinecone Grenade. Oh, really? She was in that? She, she was, was the, the girl who, only the one only girl who sleep. could sleep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize her in that, honestly. But as soon as I saw her in this, I was like, oh, it's Baby Gamora. And, you know, Lloyd's like, he has to check because, you know, you have to check. And sure enough, Baby Gamora, Yondu, and that other girl, the other uh, Amy, Mm -hmm. is from... Jessica Henwick. See, I didn't recognize anyone than than Michael Rooker. Oh, she was in... um... She was in uh, Force Awakens. She was an X-Wing pilot. She was in Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, and then she was She was on... in um, Marvel um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe? Maybe. I don't watch that show. Oh, she was Bugs. In Major... like For anyone who's seen Matrix Resurrections, the fourth Matrix, she was Bugs. She's one of the new characters. Oh, Actually, one no. of the good characters. I I've seen like her, her before. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard her name. But I think, they, I think this, whoever this guy is, Dylan O'Brien, is, uh, he was perfect for this role. And I loved... He kind of reminded me a little bit of, like... I don't know Scott Pilgrim, not but not a just, dick. Know, Scott Pilgrim's facial. a piece of shit. Like the like the dude. He's well, no, I'm his his expressions and sort of just yeah, Scott Pilgrim's terrible. But his just something about him sort of reminded me of that. There's also like a, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a playfulness. There's definitely a playfulness to him. Um, so yeah, I like I liked him. I liked and, and I think. He, you know, he, there's a lot of work that he has to do on his own in this movie and it's him and a dog a lot of the time. So I think that that's, you know, that's a challenge. So yeah, that was a good pick. Did you, did you feel similarly, Nicole? Was he a high um, point or not, not, not so much? Yeah, I, I did like him as well. Um, I can relate kind of most of these characters back to Zombieland characters. I feel like there's a, He's Jesse Eisenberg, and the old guy is Woody Harrelson, and the little girl is Abigail Breslin, and the other girl is Emma Stone. So, and he kind of they're never like they're him. never together as a squad like that. But I yes, I can understand um, why you would see them all as those archetypes. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did really enjoy his performance as well. The only thing that I I didn't like, and it's just such a nitpick, like I shouldn't even say it, but. When he talks to Amy, he has this, like, way of speaking to her that that's, like, he tries to say something witty or say something sarcastic but playful, but it doesn't work because I guess she doesn't like it. So he just goes, like, for example, he'll say, she'll say, um, oh, did you ward off all the monsters yourself or were you scared and he was like no i wasn't scared and then he looks at her and goes i was terrified like i was actually really scared do you know what i'm saying it's really hard yeah for he to acts tough it. at the beginning like for a second but it's, but it's everything everything he says he's to like, her 
No, actually, is I was like, no. Everything he says to her, he says it in that exact fashion. He says something sarcastically, and then he actually says what he wants to say, but only to her. I, it's very weird. I, I I can't even explain it. But if That's you watch it well, again, I get what you mean. I, That's their playful banter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't like no, it. No, but I think it's something else. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I didn't really recognize it as being constant, I guess. But, Nicole, if it's something that you, like, pick up on and you don't like, that always, like, grates on and you. And I liked you know it. What I mean? I like, liked it definitely beginning. happens most of their conversations. He'll Once or twice per conversation, I would say. I, yeah, I, I liked it in the beginning because, before. you know, when they're, like, sitting in the car and she's, like, he was, like, the drawing, it's really good, right? <laughs> no, it's oh terrible. yeah, the, yeah, the, that, <laughs> that, was, that was good. Stuff. Yeah, that the that Napoleon was dynamite fun in the beginning. <laughs> Where that came from? <laughs> and then at the end, when he's at the end, he's already done it twelve times. I'm like, okay, this they needed to write him differently at that point. I don't know. He should have evolved a little more. Maybe been a little more stronger in his um, conversation. It was. It did get bothersome to me, but that was all. I want to roll it forward, though, because as what happens a lot in these movies, you tend to have an issue with the female leads. You can get very angry at them. And uh, a couple times in this movie, you were getting, you're calling Amy a bitch, not liking her, not liking her decisions. And I felt she was a pretty good leader of her community. So I would like to know what rubbed you the wrong way about Amy. (laughs) You know, it's, yeah, we've had too. this happen a couple of times on a lot of different uh, strong female leads. You, you why don't is seem there? To like them. Yeah, this is my problem. Why is there still the desire for these writers slash directors slash whoever the fuck's making these movies? Why is there still a desire to have two main characters have an argument and not allow the other person to talk and not allow the person to explain themselves, like? Everyone cuts each other off all the time. And I like that was such an 80s, like a 90s sitcom thing where oh, we made a jumbled mess because this person didn't get to finish their thought and someone thought they were cheating on them when it was really something else. Like, whatever. That she did that. The fucking movie made in 2020. Why are we still doing that? Why can't they have like a legitimate conversation? Like, oh, I don't want to hear the rest. You are. I should have never told you to come. Well, I did. No, don't tell me this. Like, like the back and forth is so old. I'm just tired of that. I, I like, think. I think. In, I think it had a different purpose, though, in this movie. I think the purpose was that she was really hiding the fact that she had had this relationship. That was my beef with her, though. She pissed me him. off. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, okay. yeah, she did piss you off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I found I it I I try to put myself into the world of you know. Every person, and somebody said it at one time, maybe it was the, I almost said the Woody Harrelson character. Maybe it was the uh-huh. character said something. Woody Harrelson, Michael Rooker, all... we're splitting hairs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, that, you know, we're splitting everybody's, everybody's lost a lot. And so I think because of that, you kind of have to, you have to cut people some slack. And, and I think that he's he's good at doing that that's a that's a bright spot in his um character and she you know goes on to explain that she should have said something before and she didn't he should have said something um, too it was also his fault he just he just up and left like i like that scene where he's like i didn't even i didn't even ask you you wanted me to come i just was like 
I'm gonna do this thing, and I just went and like not even, yeah. And like it, it ultimately was a good move for him as as like a person, but like you know he it's he didn't really ask about what she really wanted there. No, and maybe that was just an excuse for him to get out of the bunker too. I mean, I think that you know he when the bunker got breached, he it was obvious that not only did he not feel comfortable, you know with trying to defend themselves, no one else felt comfortable with him trying to defend them. And um, that was like verbalized all of a sudden when that happened. So um, I don't know, seven years in a bunker could do something. That's definitely not something I could put my two cents in for that. So maybe I'm giving her too much shit, but I don't know to (laughs) just that, that, that constant in every movie they have a miscommunication and no one will hear the other side. Until they still it's do too it too. It's not just old. It's like, you know, we, you complain about this yeah, every, every third movie we watch. They, That's they what I'm saying. This. Why in 2020, 2021 and, and beyond, or is that still a thing? Like people still think that's funny. It's too hard to write well, I differently. Don't... I think honestly, yeah, I think it's, it it's hard to and write out it's... of that corner. And it's not just movies, it's books too. I mean, every book you read has to have, there's always a disconnect. There's always a, something that happens that gets blown out of proportion or it gets twisted the wrong way. And then that's how you, you know, super that's frequent how you move the, and the plot along. It's super frequent in love stories, too, where like, though, yeah, the one yeah. will think they're catching on them cheating, but it's not what it looks like because we just saw a five minute comedy they scene. They only heard the one that. side of the phone call and it right. was yeah, they to only the bank. The it wasn't part. to anyone. <laughs> or they were talking about themselves, <laughs> not their partner. Yeah. But like, that's. And I know you don't like it, but I think that as an audience, we're supposed to be like, oh, we were rooting for you guys to overcome this because we know you are great for each other and this is a misunderstanding and we want you to get over it. I and always you're just, said like, frustrated, like, get get to it already. Don't fucking fuck around. I always this. said <laughs> that I just want a movie where we watch a little boy go to school on his bike and he goes to school and then he goes home and his Mom comes home from work and she takes him out to get ice cream and comes back home and puts him in bed. That's the movie. I don't want any conflict. I just want like a nice day in the life movie. Why can't I get that? Everything always has to be, but suddenly giant spiders. <laughs> like what the fuck? I just want, <laughs> I just want I mean, a nice are, like I don't want conflict sli- sometimes. There are slice of life movies, yeah. but they're usually not about happy-go-lucky lives they're usually about people who have conflict in their life because uh, conflict is what uh you know, I know drives that's the what plot. entertainment is i know i mean you guys can go yeah, watch your great british and overcoming stuff go watch your great british bake-off if you that want. has no, no conflict, conflict whatsoever and that's no that's what i'm saying amazing. go watch that crap if you want to just like be bored for hey i have hours. room in my life I have room in my life for both of those things. If you it's like okay. watching, not not putting, it would be like putting on like the fireplace thing on you, 10 hours of a fireplace, <laughs> and then not having it on in the background, but watching it, that's what watching that show is like. That is a very similar experience. Oh my God. Because that's what's happening. I mean, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Literally. You, you, yeah, pray maybe, for, maybe. you pray for one of the lowest deal every once in a while so a spark flies out that's about as interesting as <laughs> watching shows like that are <laughs> terrible well, i mean it's true because even if you're watching that log you're waiting for something to happen because it's not because you, you want things to happen when you're watching something you don't want to watch nothing happening <laughs> that's not true. why would I you just said opposite 
Yeah, you want to call us, watch the little well, boy go to school, get is, ice cream, and get tucked in, <laughs> go to bed. Because the it. thing is, I would, I mean, you know, I wouldn't normally pick a movie to watch anyway. I would just pick a TV show that was thirty minutes long and call it a day. That's not true. You've picked, those, you've picked a lot of movies for our show too. that have stuff in them. Yeah, everything is going to have a conflict. Has... No one else would want. No one would watch it if it didn't. Uh, you got host pick coming up. Find I say go, yeah, go pick, us. go pick an example of Please whatever don't this. Pick the fireplace they don't yeah, make pick it, 10 hours right? of fire that's what i'm saying they don't know there's no such thing of what i want to watch because nobody would fucking watch it if i i bet i could like find a, something well it's like I a day in the life documentary or a day in the life youtube channel or something that's what it would be a guy just goes to work and comes home and makes dinner and and that's it like that's you like those like video vlo- those vloggers those people who make like a day in the life vlogs you can't even watch like like Caillou, because that's got conflict in it. Uh, you don't want to watch Caillou. No, what, that's a no one wants to watch Caillou. You can't, you can't even watch, like, um, I'm going to pick QVC. We're going to watch uh, live. We're going to watch them try to sell QVC. fake gems to old people. There's no conflict on there. Oh, I, I, I will find some conflict. I don't know. Very I quickly. disagree with that. <laughs> you know what? No, I, I know what I'm going to watch. I'm going to make us watch. Um, promotional videos for people selling houses oh, they like, show all the best parts that like when they do like oh, a yeah. walkthrough like this is a three bedroom <laughs> two bath hell yeah colonial hell style yeah. but it's gonna be all like the the biggest bougiest mansions so we can feel how about, about house ourselves. hunters just pick like three episodes there's of house conflict hunters. what are they gonna pick that's not no, conflict. I, that's no, the Nicole, I know what you're talking yeah. about. They do have these where they're just like, this is the mansion. Let's walk through it. And then they walk From through like it and show you all the gardens. rooms. And then that's the end of the no. show. <laughs> no. That's what I say. I'm I like, mean, I like what I want to watch Architectural that. Digest. As much as anything else, I like to see, like, this is going to sound creepy, but I do like to see inside <laughs> people's homes. But yeah, yeah. It's just. I don't really care. Nothing, nothing impresses not me. I... Nothing's like I don't like. Oh, like that's so cool. Like I've seen, I've seen every, I've seen it all. I don't, care. I don't care. I need, I need. Oh, you haven't seen it all. I'm I've seen sure. enough. I've seen enough to get. And if I see something new in a house, I'm like, oh, that seems impractical. Or oh, I would not want. I would be cool. that would be cool to visit. <laughs> I want to clean that. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, I would never. That would be cool to visit one time. But like, I want to live in a regular house where. Th- things aren't crazy and weird <laughs> like watch me pull my stove out and turn it into a bed and a sink and then walk into my five <laughs> living rooms i'm like why is that the layout of your house it's stupid why would you do that what do you what is the purpose of this i don't understand the houses are set up the same for a reason because they're practical they work uh can i make a segue back to the movie yeah from yeah, the houses yeah thing? yes um so there was a question i had about about this um not a whole lot of questions some interesting things but the one question i had is what was the deal with the chandelier <laughs> nicole pointed Why? it out too <laughs> <laughs> when, when the parents everyone's leaving this the neighborhood and the world trying to get to something so they're not getting attacked by giant slug monsters and she takes the her, his mom takes this god-awful chandelier and he's holding it you know when the demise happens and his buddies take him to their shelter and it's hanging in the shelter so it you know it's providing light and everything but i was just like i'm very confused by 
That must have been taking... pure shock from the mom to not know what to do. <laughs> That's what I took from it. Was... I guess, but Chandelier is It feels aggressive. like a cutscene. Some... It feels like there was 90 seconds on the cutting room floor of something where they're scrambling in the house and the mom hands him the chandelier and says to take it because it was expensive or something. And so he just clings to that or, for the rest of the time. I, I mean, That's yeah, my but guess. I would need to know that. Yeah, I, I, I felt like I needed to know that. Um, also, when they went to bunker number two, that was this really awesome, like, survivor on the ocean bunker, which that would be my choice, a bunker. Um, they had some wicked cool chandeliers in their bunker, too. So they did. Like, there were a lot of chandeliers need... in places. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this just seems like, and I feel like it's purposeful, but maybe it's also, um, you know, a tongue-in-cheek thing that we're just not supposed to know about, and we're just supposed to, like, live with that. So... I mean, I think I would take other things before I would take a chandelier. I would take, like, the cutlery in the kitchen. No, there, the there's more practical so. things, but, uh, yeah, this is... And not that it's not practical, <laughs> though. As we saw, it was being used frequently. Um, what's right. what's everyone's favorite and least favorite monster? You can take that whatever you mean. Things that you like to look at. Dangerous. Mm. Gross. whatever you, However you want to take it. Nice. Uh, what's your favorite and least favorite monster they encounter? Whoever wants to start. Hmm. No dogs, no people. I'm only talking the creatures, the things that transformed. You don't remember a single creature yeah. in the movie? In well, you don't I remember mean, the monsters? The, dis- the dis- most disgusting one was the one that was um, in the dirt that when the dog was hiding under the duck and that centipede thing. It was pretty yeah. gross. Uh, the sand. Yeah, the, oh no, not the sand goblin. That's later. But yeah, the centipede thing that like wrapped up the plague, like the duck. The big plastic duck. Yeah. That dog yeah. 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 And turn the duck over to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, guess I like the slug the best. I don't know. The snail. The snail. Yeah. The snail was really cool. He I thought. Snail. It's like, the snail, the crab, both of them were great. Uh, Cause they were good character. They were good guys. You could good see guy, it in the eyes. Big giant things. And it's in the eyes. Um, I don't know. I, the worst ones. I felt like it was when he fell into the hole and whatever those things were oh, that shot out the side of the hole. Oh, the like little, them. the little sand. Go- those are the little sand goblins, and then the, the big yeah. one with the fin was I, the queen. Yeah, and she was. I mean, I kind of felt like because she had such a big mouth that she he could have easily like if he had his bow and arrow at the time, he could have definitely crossbowed right into the mouth of that. I don't know if it would have killed. Grenaded. Him. Yeah, that was the grenade move, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was kind of funny because that was like the only big like explosion thing that happened in this movie. Yeah, because there were because um, they're like it, in this world there practically perfect. aren't a lot of explosives. Like a lot of their stuff is like melee right. and archery weapons. So like you know, right. yeah, if you, even the final battle, like they don't they don't explode anything. It's just against a crab and he's got a chain on him. Like it's very uh, it's very simple. I like it. And practical. It doesn't yeah. seem like this crazy. Like I just watched Moonfall, where the moon crashes into the planet. You watch, you watch the moon roll along the surface of the Earth, like taking out like monuments. Yeah, that sounds like every other. Earth. Did you know in that movie? I have a spoiler movie. It's terrible. It's kind of fun to watch, but the moon is hollow. <laughs> no. and there's like space creatures that live inside of it, and they're like humans from like set like thousands of years ago and then they became like a singularity in the moon and they're using the moon to fight like another space creature that's like come to fight them people are, are using way too much lsd 
Roland Emmerich loves his whatever he's doing over there. Lo- overdoing the things. I yeah. like the crab. So did you? Who did? Did you like the crab My better cra- than the? Uh, yeah, the snail was like crab. the snail was cool. He reminded me of Claude from the uh, Last Jedi, or not the Last Jedi from Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, he's the best character. <laughs> Nicole's favorite character from Rise of Skywalker, is Claude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, no, I like I like the the crab. I like you know he's the misunderstood creature, and then they stop. He's because he's like the big, he's like a big dog at the end because he's got, he's he's hurt and he's chained up, and then the yeah. guy helps free him, and then he like you know he turns on the bad guy. We didn't even talk about. It. There's in the third act. There's these guys who are like pretending, oh, we're gonna help your colony out, and I'm a former. I guess there's a military guy. It's the bad guy. He's the Australian guard or whatever australian coast guard or i don't know what he is uh, and he's got these two henchmen and he's gonna steal all their stuff and feed them to the giant crab um but they defeat him anybody believe at any point that they were good people no no but no. but they're not on the screen very long so you don't have to like be like well when are they gonna reveal it like you, they reveal it yeah almost immediately when yeah they it's do pretty it. quick which is another like yeah. it's just like a good i like the good right the people who wrote this are uh, Matthew Robinson, who wrote and directed Invention of Lying, uh, which is Ricky Gervais' movie that's pretty I fucking good. I love that movie. Nicole, oh, you okay? Nicole loves that movie. I, I like it. It's, yeah. it's good. Um, but he he's one of the writers. The other is Brian Duffield, who I love, who wrote and directed a movie called Spontaneous, which was what I was deciding between. Well, so that'll probably come up at a later date. Uh, and then also he did Underwater, which is like a horror movie where there's like these creatures coming out. Of like the water, and they're like, uh, they're like these like squid animal things. And he did the Babysitter on Netflix, a McG movie, and uh, and he did this. So mm-hmm. he, he's stuff that I like. I think I like his writing style, and it's always it's 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 very throwbacky. This is like such a classic hero's journey um, from yeah. top from top to bottom. From like the guy, it's just a great. Oh, I'm meek and I'm scared and I can't help my people. Uh, and I don't, I don't have a girl and everyone else has got somebody and I have nobody. So I'm going to go step up and do a thing to save the girl. And then he realized, oh, the girl isn't what, uh, like, it's not like, don't, don't settle. That's another big thing. Don't settle. This isn't, uh, like she's moved on. Yeah. And so you don't, don't think of yourself as not worth it and having to grovel. You just did a big thing. You, you crossed the 85 mile stretch. And so he goes back and leads his people, which is a super underrated element is when he has the phone call with his old tribe and he reads the back of the map and they all like wrote him little like goodbye, like, like you would do with coworkers and they're going to a new job. Right. Like they say, Oh, we love you. Come back to stay safe. And then they, they call him and they're so excited to hear from him and they like really care about him. I'm getting a little, right. I am a little teary. I actually cried the first time I watched this <laughs> when he made that call back. I was able to hold it together in front of Nicole because I try, I try to because she rolls her eyes. And says, You've got to be fucking kidding me, stupid. Um, oh my god, that's, what, that's how you, that's how you usually do when I cry at movies. Uh, but it's it's so sweet. Like usually there's like if he's the meek outcast, they're like oh, get out. Like we don't need you. Like if I didn't even notice he was gone. Or like there's a bully in the in the group that doesn't like him and wants to kick him out. But no, they all really like him. They just no, didn't think he's capable, and they like his uh, minestrone. Right. They like his cooking. And then when they hear that right. he, they, they all thought he was dead for sure. And then when he calls back, they're so excited and supportive to hear from him. And then he goes back and like leads them out. It's really nice. And yeah. you don't. I didn't need a bunch of backstory on all the characters like there's four or five that talk and i like like they're all seem like likable interesting people and i i didn't need a you know a bunch of details on who they were and wasting time it, it, it's just like a, such a nice other than the three the three bad dudes 
like the three bad people who right. run the boat. Everyone else is genuinely like united in their front of survival and surviving the monsters. And they don't even want to kill all the monsters. They're just trying to make it. And that's, that's goes back to the whole thing. Why I really like this. It's just like all, almost all apocalyptic movies. And Nicole pointed this out. They're all the same bleak, horrible right. things happen. And I like a lot of those, a lot of the more well done ones. I, I, there are some of my favorite movies, but this is just so, optimistic and like we can do it guys and it doesn't and it, and it does that without feeling annoying or cloying or sappy or just like just gross it feels so genuine it's such a genuinely nice thing that's why i really like this movie. that's why i picked it yeah and i think it's because the people aren't um you know when you're talking about this uh, the other apocalyptic movies everybody is sort of a caricature of a person and like these people feel like this is what real people would be like during something like this. This is the 5% that have been not been affected by whatever happened with the asteroid situation. And that, you know, it's such a tight, I, I love the pacing of this movie. Um, I like that we get to see him. We see him grow before we even see him grow. I mean, we saw that horrible picture, the horrible drawing that he made of Amy, uh, which was definitely like napoleon dynamite for sure um but then before it even happened it's like we knew he was going to be growing before he knew we see his new his new book that he's drawing all the monsters in and they're you know very realistic and it's really and it's and the way it's done is so it's so cute it's you know the monsters look like they look but then there's all these little notes where like uh you know 11 out of 10 dangerous you know that doesn't kind of like thing. shotgun blast um, to the head <laughs> right yeah that kind of i just think it's you know it's it's adorable and and i don't know it's i this is a, this is a charming film and i never thought i would say that about a movie about the apocalypse one of my least favorite things to talk about any other closing thoughts nicole that's pretty much all i all the main stuff i wanted to cover and i i, I, yeah. I, I, I try to pick stuff that i think is gonna be interesting to talk about and uh something we'll enjoy you, something you never would have seen this, 30 million dollar budget too this was like they don't it's this would cost 200 million dollars if it had stars in it and it doesn't need that and it looks yeah 30 million it looks so good for 30 million it really does like this i i i the effects were were, were oscar worthy and it it it's a shame that it had to come out during pandemic and make no money. But sorry, Nicole, go ahead. No, no. I mean, as much as I'm shitting on it, I'm really just nitpicking it. Honestly, like, um, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I thought it was really cute too. Um, I thought it had a, a nice ending, and you know, all these just little quirks that I'm picking out. They they could be in any movie. Like it does. It didn't make any difference of of this one more so than anything else um i don't really want to see any more apocalypse movies and i don't know they're coming big (laughs) creepy bug things and um you know i i can do without those but if it has to be one then this is probably the best one i've seen so far if i told you you have to watch an apocalypse movie with big giant creepy bug monsters and you saw this it has to be better than you were expecting or something you would like. Yeah, but I'll, I think I would always pick uh, Zombieland over this, though. That's interesting. I like this so much more. Zombieland is still is a little too um, 
it's still good. It also is one of the movies I hold up as an example of it holds up less every time you watch it. Like, I have a feeling in, you watch that in 10 years and it will feel more dated than an 80s comedy. Like, they, it just feels, I don't know. It feels, it already feels very old to me. I don't know if you have an opinion on okay on, because uh, you've seen Zombieland a couple times and then this. Yeah. Over. Yeah. The thing, the things about Zombieland is that it's not, the pacing isn't great for me, I don't think. And it's, there, there are like big chunks of it that I would fast forward through every, if I were watching it, like certain things I just don't want to see. And then certain, like, I want to watch anything with Bill Murray in it. Okay. I want to watch that. And once they get to like the amusement park, I don't really care what's going on there. So, uh, see, I like the amusement um, park kills. I think you're right though. I think in Zombieland, there's like three or four scenes I'd watch and then I would skip the rest where this is like best in a complete piece. Like this is such a head to yeah. head to tails good like like solid you're right good pace not really a lot of lulls um good pace fun i mean i don't want to say it's not fun it's sweet storytelling and um and it's just the right amount of humor for and i i I don't know that people would have any humor at this point but this is what i would hope people would be like if something i think maybe that's it this has this movie has hope for if there were something like this to happen other movies it's like oh we've got to depend on you know you become a slave to the military and the government or whatever these right. people Everything's are just mad you know, max at the end of this and yeah, every, yeah like everyone's eating each other and and right. know, everyone's re-enslaving each other and murdering people yeah and the worst thing you can do in this movie yeah the worst thing you can do in this movie is steal food i mean that's part of the that's that is the thing Every- what'd you do did you steal food <laughs> even the bad guys you know? are like what'd you do steal food. like even yeah even, even they know even though they're that's what they're there to do right they know. why did you have to leave your colony did you steal did you steal food and it's like no i made the minestrone man that's that was my job <laughs> i was the food guy so all right well guy. that is love and monsters yeah. i'm glad you guys had a generally positive rea- uh, reaction to it and uh I, yeah. yeah i recommend people go see us because it's just uh it's there's not it's it's at, while being so much like so many movies because it's such a classic story it's such a classic hero's journey to Ed's tales it's one of the best like a lot of movies just kind of mix stuff together but it's one of the best re- hero's journey stories i would point to as like that's just like a purely from the story structure that's what it's what's going on but the monsters are fun and inventive the writing's clever it's not boring like there's no lulls and it's yes yeah. it's, it's sweet and hopeful and you will feel good after watching it as opposed to other apocalypse movies where maybe they'll make you think maybe it'll be intellectually rewarding but it will be a it could be a slog and it could be very depressing so uh, if you're looking if you're looking for something lighter but still want a sci-fi bend this is a good option and that's love and monsters coming up we have a host pick i think next couple of streaming movies and then um I keep saying the Nick Cage movie, but Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is uh, it's coming down the pike. It's coming. In. Well, there's a couple of movies out right now that I don't think we're going to end up doing, uh, like because no one's going to watch them with me. Like X, I know people want to know about A24's X because that's that's pretty much all I've seen people talking about lately in my neck of the woods, and uh, I'm going to see it, but uh, yeah. yeah, no one else is going to see that with me. So uh, same Did with you uh, no. you're going to want to see X with me. I like all A24 movies. We see them all. 
I'll I will I'll scrap the next episode and do X with you instead because I really want, I'm going to no, go see no, that. No, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, really? You all of a sudden don't want to? <laughs> this is why wow, I don't ask you. Well, that was a forward I, and backpedal really quickly. I don't ask I you to go to see things really. in theaters no, with me anymore yeah, I unless it's. See that. Well, no, I don't want to go out in public. Well, it's only in oh, theaters, gosh. so you have to. If you want to see it with me, you got to go with me to a place. And yeah, it's going to be twenty minutes each way. There's going to be previews, and there's going to be chewing in the theater. And there's, I love previews. I me too. But Nicole just wants the I movie hate to chewing start. In the theater. <laughs> so it will be a three-hour commitment. I want to walk in right when the when it's hitting the title <laughs> to oh, an empty theater God, with no, no one around. Yeah, no, I, I doubt that that's what's going to happen. So there you go. That, this is why I don't recommend, unless it's something I need. We actually like need to do for the show for sure. I, I don't, uh, don't make Nicole go to the movies, despite what she would, what she would have you believe. So that's that's it for this episode, and that's what we got coming up. We got host pick, Nick Cage, listener Doctor picking. Strange. Yeah, not uh, not host pick, listener pick. Other than it's almost April, we yeah. almost got another host pick. I don't know who's, who's probably back around to Mama K, I think. Oh, boy. Oh, you guys are going to be lucky. Yes, they got the terror. Okay, is the real terror when it comes to these host picks. My God. I can't wait to find just one more thing that everyone will hate. Some of it's fine. It's just like. I'm so excited. I've never walked over to Okay Host and be like, wow, I'm really glad you assigned it to that. I've done that with the Coles. I've even done that with Jess's back when she cared to do those. Uh, But uh, no, like, yours are just (laughs) not. I think the uh, Schoolhouse Rock was the harsh, best one. Schoolhouse Rock was the best one because I liked uh, Money Rocks. All right, well, thank you guys for being on Love and Monsters. Okay. You're welcome. I forgot the ending thing. I'll do it next time. Until next time, this is Brian signing out. Say thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.